0: Message. Children, you are dismissed to your classrooms. Uh, John, John, I forgot my clicker. Uh, as they dismiss to their classrooms and the teachers, uh, please, if you have a cell phone, please make sure they are turned off or in silent mode. Uh, and then, if you could please turn your Bibles over to the book of Malachi. For the keen and the observant believer they know what's coming. Maybe. Thanks, Brother John. All right. Praise God we was a great uh, evening, great singing there, Sister Ruth. Great message in that song. Um I'm going to begin reading. We're going to start in chapter 1 of Malachi. Um, I'm going to start on verse 2. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, How have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? The Lord says, Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I hated. I have hated. Esau I have hated and have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Jump to verse 6. He reads, A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is you, priests, who show contempt for my name. But by offering defiled food, sorry, technical difficulties. There you go. It is you, priests, who show contempt for my name, but you ask, How have we show, shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, How have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God, be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Oh that one of you should shut the temple doors so that you would not light so you would not light useless fires on my altar I am not pleased with you says the Lord Almighty and I will accept no offering from your hands my name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets in every place incense and pure offerings will be brought to me Because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying, The Lord's table is defiled, and its food is contemptible. And you say, What a burden! And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals, offer them as sacrifice, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord. Cursed is the cheat, who was an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Chapter 2, verse 1-2. to And now you priests, this is warning for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honor me. Jump to verse 7 to 9. For the lips of the priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and and humiliated before all the people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Go to verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? Now go to chapter 3, verse 6 to 12. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord God Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no there will be not in, be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields and will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I will say these words and you will respond by saying, praise be to God, okay? This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that you have given us. We thank you for this privilege that you have given us that we are still able to gather in person and those people online, Father, for providing the internet in this church. And for the people that work on the background, Father God, that never gets a thank you, I pray that you bless them. I now pray for the hearts of your people. I pray for humility for all of us, Lord God, so that we will understand and we will receive your message for us. Father, give me now wisdom, anoint my lips, Lord God. Give me boldness, Lord, as I know that you know that this topic is very sensitive. Please, Lord God, give me the words. And as they hear my voice, Lord God, I pray that they will hear you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. So we are still in our uh, New Year series of 2021. And we are tackling the three most popular uh, New Year's resolution of people. Last week, we tackled the health part, correct? And if you are visiting us for the first time, if you are tuning in for the first time, it will be very unfair for you to say that the church only talks about money. (laughs) Because you just got here, right? We have endlessly been talking about many other things, about God's love, about God's mercy, about God's grace, how you should live for Him. And now we will talk about money. And when, by the words of our Brother Chuck, who is now in in glory, when it comes to money, people are funny. Now, we we read the book of Malachi, from the book of Malachi. Malachi uh, is actually... He's the first Italian writer of the Bible. all it's actually called Malachi. Malachi. No, 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 no. It's Malachi. And the meaning of it is messenger in in, in the original language. But for Filipino and Tagalog, Malachi means big. (laughs) Malachi, right? Okay. I have to explain it to you, Filipinos. We don't know anything. We don't know anything about Malachi. All we know that he is the messenger. But, but, but the, what's important is not the messenger. What, but What's important is what's the messenger have, the message behind the messenger. I remember in the Philippines when my dad would, before my dad sends money, he would send a telegram. And I know up to now I can picture this guy who delivers a telegram to our, our house. I start running after him. If I see him from the corner, I'm like, oh my gosh, the telegram is here. But I never bothered to ask him his name. All I cared about was the telegram he was going to hand me. Because that telegram usually says, money's coming. So, right? Which one of you actually argues with the FedEx guy? Hey, wait, come here. Let me find out who you're from first before I accept this, this, this gift here. No. You just take the message. You just take the delivery. Correct? And same here. Malachi He's called the messenger. And his message, his book, actually with the 55 verses here, folks, with the 55 verses in the book of Malachi, 47 of them are directly from God's voice. So do you think this book is important? I would say so. The book of Malachi is the one that drops the curtain in the Old Testament. But as the curtain is dropped in the Old Testament, God's voice is heard. He speaks 47 times out of 55 verses. It pays that we, his people, heed to it. Amen? Now, for the sake of tonight's topic, and from what we've read, the Bible teaches for men to give back to the Lord in two ways. This is the biblical principle. There's two ways, what we read. There's two ways to give to the Lord, through tithing and through offering. Now, to explain tithing, it simply means 10%. But biblically, it is the first 10% of every dollar that I receive from the Lord. Some of us have that reversed, and most of the time we don't get there anymore. Offering now is everything else in addition to the tithe. Now, if you were to do the biblical tithing, it will be actually, now comment. The commentaries, the biblical scholars are are in a, not in agreement here. Some people say it's twenty three percent in total. Some people say it's a thirty three percent in total. Because as so the whole year progresses for the people of Israel, they they have to type the first, the second, and the third. So, but for us, we're told ten percent. And then what else? What are the other things that we read? The biblical principle of the priest. Now, I'm not your priest. There was. There's no way I'm going to be a priest. I'm disqualified to be a priest. I'm also disqualified in my eyes and some of your eyes that I'm disqualified to be a pastor too. Um, but the pastor's responsibility is this. Responsible to God to communicate the truth of what God has said and command it over to their flock. You are, We are to say it. We are to read it. And our responsibility is to communicate it over to the flock. Now, I don't always introduce myself, but I am Pastor Joe (laughs) Salcedo. I am the reluctant pastor of this church. (laughs) I am the guy who is first to tell you that I do not qualify for the title, but I am the guy that God chose. Just like with Jacob and Esau, I had a problem there. I have a problem with God choosing Jacob. You know why? Because just like me, Jacob does not qualify for God's love. But yet, God chose Jacob. Amen? A lot of people don't like election. John, we did not talk about it again. But your devotion and somehow my message line up. Now, we also saw, we also read that there is a right way to give to God, which is pleasing to Him. And there is also a wrong way to give to God which is displeasing to him. And if you did if you missed it at all to not give back to God is a sin. It's disobedience. And for me as your pastor to not tell you that it is this disobedience, it is me not doing my job and I am being charged by God in chapter 2 that I am not doing what I'm supposed to do for the flock. That's why there's changes, because I follow God. I don't know if you remember, but I remember it quite well. During the ordination, I said that, church, I am your pastor, but the first person that I will always serve is God first, and you come second. Now, if I am not pleasing you with the messages that I deliver to you as I interpret and I understand the Bible, I am not sorry, because I have to please God first. I was told last week to not apologize for going over my time. But I have to apologize because there have been times that I have probably, I'd rather not, I, I would rather say this, that I do not succumb to pressure from people. I would rather say this, that I do not get pressured and I do not cower from people's pressure. I'd rather say that, but it's not true. I have to apologize to you because sometimes I do succumb to your pressure. The pressure that you give me to please you rather than to please God. The times that you'd rather have me not say what hurts here because you don't want me to hurt your feelings. And I know it even without you saying it. It's just a look. It's all it takes. What are the objections? The objections are this. The tithing is an Old Testament command and we are now in the New Testament and are not required to give our tithe to the Lord, but just be cheerful. If I'm not happy to give to God, I might as well not give, citing 2 Corinthians 9.7. And then second, the objections I always hear is it's a personal relationship. The pastor has no right to tell me much more to know if I'm giving or not. It is grace giving and you get in the way if you do if you tell them or if you find out, you get in the way of these things. Now, this is my time to give my defense based on what the Bible and how I understand the Bible. The defense is this. is First point is tithing and offering an Old Testament. Let's look at Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high and blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Biblical scholars, students of the Bible, when was the law? When was the law given? Was it during Abram's time? No. It was during Moses' time. So it's tithing by the law. It is obviously in the Old Testament because we started Genesis. But, but it is not just based on the law. Now here's a commentary by Pastor John Corson. Because I find it, I find it through my five years, I find it that most of you, if it... Some of you, if not most of you, do not really trust me that I I understand the Bible. Because the minute a white guy stands here and tells you that they know the Bible, you listen, this is the Philippine. I love you, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. If a Filipino is saying it, I don't trust it, automatically. But if a white guy affirms what the Filipino is saying, like, yeah, okay, never mind, it's fine let me give you, so that your colonial mentality will be covered. Here's a defense based on John Corson's comment. I don't believe in tithing, people say, because it's part of the law. No, Abraham was on the scene well before the law was given. And yet he intuitively knew that the tithe of all that he had that day belonged to Melchizedek tithing precedes the law it talk is it, it talked about it is talked about in the law and was in effect after the law as seen by Jesus's word when he said in Matthew 23 23 end of quote here's a verse yes woe upon you Pharisees and you other religious leaders hypocrites for you tithe down to the last mint leaf in your garden but ignore the most ignore the important things Justice and mercy and faith. Yes, you should tithe, but you shouldn't leave the more important things undone. This is the Living Bible translation. Sometimes it gives more clarity and it gives it a different life when you read different versions. Right? So, a lot of us stop by the whole context of this, because the whole context of this is Jesus was scolding the Pharisees that, yeah, you're you're faithful in your tithing, but, and then everybody said, the more important thing is the but, the but, the but. I love my neighbors. I am following everything. So that means I don't have to tithe. That's why I chose this version here. Because here, he says here, yes, you should tithe. But you shouldn't leave the more important things undone so what have we learned so far so Melchizedek, Melchizedek is is a representation of Jesus Christ okay and so Abram knew that he needed to give to Melchizedek all his all the things that he collected from from his loot so what have we learned so far based on the objections the tithing isn't an Old Testament command do we agree Now, again, I have to apologize because there was a preaching here that I did and I said the tithing, and everybody hold on to that. That's the only thing they heard. Everything stopped from there. The tithing is no longer a New Testament command. Everybody said, praise God, I love you, pastor. Everybody stopped there. But they didn't hear the part where I said grace-giving we are now in the grace-giving part, which is grace-giving is harder. Grace-giving is harder. But Nobody heard the second part. I want to make sure you hear the second part tonight. Tithing is not an Old Testament command. It was before the Old Testament. It is in the law, and it is in the New Testament. And Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, whom what Ruth said, Thy will be done, said, you should tithe but not because you're tithing you should do the other things to love your neighbor to love your to love God now now we're going to take the second part now the second objection now how about the personal relationship that the pastor has no role in this you know I'd rather not have a role in your life honestly with all my love with you my care for you for all for all of you I do if, if you met me before and if we become close, I would be in your business because that's just how I am. But I have to really be clear here. I, I really didn't want to be a pastor and look into these things. Like your struggles, I want to be there and help you with the struggles. But I don't want to be the person to tell you, this is what you need to do and this is what you need to do. Because I know I'm not perfect myself. But again, it is not the messenger. It's the message behind it. Now, pastor, you have no right to tell me if I'm giving or not. Uh, What am I supposed to do with this? Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, Folks, I got my calling in Judges 6 during my quiet time, a year before God called me and make it official during that event here at the business meeting. For those of you who were with us before, you know what I'm talking about. But I got my calling through my reading. And God speaks to me through my reading, through my prayer time, constantly, up to now. And I, I, I share that with you. That is the, big, the best way that God will speak to you. If you really want to know what God wants for you to do, read your word, right? So me, as your pastor, what am I supposed to do with Proverbs 27, 23, if you tell me that I have no role in trying to admonish you? Admonishing is warning you. Admonishing is teaching you that is my role. Now I'm not trying to pull rank here. I hope folks you have, I hope you know this. I hope that I'm not, not not coming off to where I'm scolding you and that's it because you're not doing it. No, I'm delivering God's message. I'm delivering God's message. I have been in prayer the whole week because for some odd reason, this is one of the hardest things to deliver. Because I know when I mess with your pockets, I get irritating. I go to the bad side. Pastor Joe, don't talk to Pastor Joe. What's my role as your pastor? Is to teach you the Bible. To admonish you how you walk and how you obey his word. And to warn you if you are straying away as far as we have read it is a sin it is a sin if you're not giving to the lord and not just giving but giving properly as jesus said not just those not just the two giving and we have to give properly there's a joke here i'm, I'm resisting to give jokes because i know it's a serious thing but there's a there was a message there's a post on facebook it says Free dead batteries. Come pick it up. Gosh. Tough crowd here. Free dead batteries? Okay, never mind. There's there's a right way to give and there's a wrong way to give. Malachi God, through Malachi, showed us a great application. That the way that the, the, the Israelites were giving to God, were giving the, God they were sacrificing something that they weren't supposed to be sacrificing. Because It was clear in the command. You give the best of your flock. You give the best. You don't give the blind. Oh, ito mamamatay na. Give it to God, the Lord. This one's about to go bad. Give it to God. This turkey was here last year. You might as well give it to the populace next week. this couch is old it's torn up here in the middle let's donate it to the church (laughs) easy fix (laughs) donate it to the church this TV is old there's a crack in the screen give it to the church the children will need that make sure you ask John for the receipt (laughs) tithing is tithing is biblical you, we, here, let's tackle this one. 2 Corinthians 9, seven. Everyone must make up his own mind as to how much he should give. Don't force anyone to give more than he really wants to, for two cheer, for cheer, for cheer forgivers are the ones God prizes. Everybody loves this. Everybody loves this. Because if I'm not happy, God says don't give. Right? So how do we understand it better? We have to... Understand it better with the, we have to, we have to put it, mirror it against God's word, right? Another, another word of God. Let's look at Luke 12 to 34. Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will be also. Hmm. Okay. Now, if Jesus tells us that where our treasure is, there our hearts and thoughts will be also. Then we look at 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And read it now. If our hearts and thoughts are to be God's, how do we now interpret cheerful here? Oh, I'm cheerful if I don't give enough to the Lord because I'm cheerful when my bank account is bigger and better. Because I was at the business meeting last week. The church has 24000 in the account. Why give? Let's wait until it drops to 11,000. What are we trying to do anyway? We should get a smaller place. What are we trying to do anyway? We should be glorifying God. Why are we concerned about the venue anyway? Why are we, why are we? Why are you not giving? If that is what God wants you to do. One of my biggest stress points, and I'm sure my, our Deacon John Gossett has to, is the business meeting. The business meeting, when it comes to the financial part. I'm sorry, I'm being honest. If we have guests here tonight, I'm not always like this. I hope you know. <laughs> that is my biggest stress point. The business meeting, folks. Because we are a group of people that proclaims that we love God. Thy will be done, Lord. I love you, Father. Father. I cannot wait to see your face, Lord God. Thank you for saving me from my sins. Lord, I do not deserve your love. But when it comes to tights, everybody loves Corazon Aquino when it comes to tights. Why? Because Cory Cory Pot. Why are we cheap? When it comes to God, why are we cheap when it comes to God? Let me, let me ask you a very practical, very practical question. If the governor, whether you like him or not, sends you an email and says, I am inviting you for dinner at my house. And here is an envelope asking for your donation for my campaign. Now, remove all your political parties, Dave. it's a. Let's just say it's a governor you like, okay? What will you do? Knowing that you will face this person the next day, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're probably going to put the best number, uh, your best ability, Because you know you're going to face the guy and you will shake his hand and he met you in person. And and then he says, thank you very much for your donation. I will do everything in my power to help you and your family to come here. Those who are, are stuck in the Philippines, I will help them. I will help you get your promotion. I will make sure that when you are sick, the doctors will take you in right away. You and your family, because of this donation you gave me. Right? Many of us in the Philippines, from the Philippines, we know this, right? We make the politicians our ninongs in our in our weddings. We make, we make them the godfathers of, of our wedding. We make them the godfathers of our children because we want that connection. And with that connection, we know we will be treated well. Only if we, we also know that there's a return, we have to give well. Wow. With your time, that's okay. With your time, that's fine too. But more with your money. What do we call God? We call God the God of the God, our provider. What do we say? What do we admit in our own quiet time that we are healthy because God keeps us healthy? When we thank God that we have a spouse and our children are healthy, our spouse is healthy, we're healthy, we say, God, we thank you for keeping me healthy. When when God has given us the ability to work, the skills to make money. 100% skills, 0% luck. Sometimes that's what we proclaim. I warn you, if you think that it is you, that it is all your skills that's making you money, you know, it says in Proverbs that pride comes before the fall. Believer, you are nothing apart from God. The only reason we are here breathing right now because of God's mercy. The only reason that your spouse is still with you because of your because of God's mercy, because of God's mercy. I know we say that when a joke, right? You know I joke about that all the time, but I know it is because of God's mercy. That's why Anna Lou is still with me, because if you if she will tell you how loud I snore at night and keep her, I have videos to prove it. But because of God's mercy, God keeps her with me. She doesn't know any better. God continues to make her not know any better. (laughs) Now, some have used Paul's verse here as the reason not to give their tithe. Now, tithing is an example that was given to us in the Old Testament. Right? In the Old Testament. as, As a base, as a starting point. To tell us here give me the first tenth can we actually just dis- just we could just discount that and, and, and cancel that cancel that because the most important thing is that we become a cheerful giver because that is what God wants wants because that what that is what he prizes but you're not we're not we're not reading this in light of the other things that God has said we should be delighting in the Lord to give to the Lord should be the one that makes us cheerful. Now, Christmas shopping has just, you just got done with your Christmas shopping, right? And then there was a Christmas shopping after sale, right? Now you're struggling financially. Some of us are struggling financially because that's what we did. So now is not God's fault. But God is the first one to take a hit. God is the first one to take it no, seriously, right? God is the first one to take a hit. Well, If God really wanted me to give to him 10%, he should have given me that race. Well, if God really wanted me to give him 10%, he should have not given me a wife who spends a lot of money. (laughs) Boom, he dies. (laughs) Cheerful. Are we supposed to be cheerful to give to God? Isn't that how our hearts should be? Where is your heart? Is it on your expensive car? Is it on your houses? With love, I tell you, your treasure shows in your giving. Where your your heart is, that's where your treasure is. So in your giving, folks, I'll tell you, that's how much you love God. Words are cheap. We all know that even in our human relationships, we know it's cheap. Oh, pastor, I love you. And then they stab me in the back and they leave and they they spread gossip about me. Untrue, untrue things because I said something they didn't like because I did do something that they wanted me to do. So words are cheap. Actions. Actions. For tonight's topic, your love is asked. By the Lord, when he says, wherever your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. Now, if anybody was thinking, Pastor forgot what the title of the message is. No, I did not. I intentionally, surprisingly, that's our introduction, folks. (laughs) The mail, everybody's like, oh my gosh, where's the coffee? (laughs) The title of our message tonight is Heart of the Matter. Heart of the Matter is the title of our message. At the end of any action or inaction, the loss of men, in the loss of men, in the loss of God in front of us, that is what this is what shows. Your action or inaction, the heart of it shows. I, I already said this right I, I'm trying I, I said sorry I said sorry for the message that I have given to make you think that you are no longer to die to, to tithe I'm sorry that's wrong you and I are wrong if you have heard any teachers that tell you that tithing is no longer biblical I'm sorry they are wrong you have to tithe Tithing applies to your storehouse. We will tackle this next week. But tithing applies to your storehouse. Where is your storehouse? That is where your church is. To which church you belong to. To what church God has called you. I am not trying to raise money for the church. I hate it. If that's the first thing that you're thinking, I hate it, really. I'm not. I'm trying to deliver to you that it is disobedience that you are not giving. You are sinning against God. Just like the people in Malachi's time, they went to lukewarm mode. They were in lukewarm. The temple was built a hundred years later. They were in lukewarm. They were leaving their wives. The husbands were leaving their wives. The, 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 the believers were giving offerings that, uh, that, that are detestable to God. Gifts that will be detestable to their governor, to human beings. So folks, it is a sin that you are not giving to God. And you, my brother and my sister, I plead with you with all God's love here. To turn and repent from that. Because you, you are not experiencing the blessing that God has for you. The next part, grace giving, grace giving versus law. I have to tell you on my header, grace, that grace giving is harder. How? How is it harder? In these verses right here, God speaks, Jesus speaks on how the law interprets on how to not murder your brother and not how to commit adultery. And in the law, it says you have to do the deed before you fall into sin. Correct? Correct. Do not murder. So it may basically says that if you, until you kill someone, you have not committed the sin. But then when Jesus came in the grace part of our faith, Jesus said, You get angry with your brother, you've committed murder. You call somebody idiot, you've committed murder. We need to stop calling each other that okay? You need to stop calling me that. <laughs> All right? You see, see here? You fool, you will be in danger of the and then in the adultery. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully. committing adultery. So grace is harder. You know why grace is harder? Because it's not our action. It's God's action. There is no way that we can do grace. We can only accept grace. And in the grace, it is harder. Why? What's the example? This is in the, the woman with the two mites, folks. Let me read this one. Jesus speaking. As he stood in the temple, he was watching the rich tossing the, their gifts into the collection box. Then a the poor widow came by and dropped in two small copper coins. Really, he remarked, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them combined, for they have given a little of what they didn't need, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Now, folks, tell me, would you rather tithe or would you rather do grace giving? <laughs> So when you're not listening, (laughs) I stopped listening when you said money. (laughs) Grace is harder. Grace is harder than the law because grace is a work of God. Law is difficult for us to achieve. The law shows us that it's difficult. It is impossible for us to go to heaven because we commit that day in and day out. But then Jesus, when the grace came in, just the thought, we already fell. But grace... In the giving of grace, it tells us to give our all. So before you think that tithing, because tithing is no longer applicable, you give less, you, my brother and my sister, have misinterpreted or you heard what you wanted when I said tithing is no longer applicable. Here, this is the point. The Jesus used because some of us, we hear the two copper, the two mites, we're like, oh, see, two copper, that's very cheap. I want to do that. Copper, two mites, that's all I'm going to give. No, you forgot. That's all she had. She gave everything she had. What do we give? What do we give God? We Give our time? We're not talking about time. Praise God you're giving your life to God. That's not a replacement of your giving. Monetarily. So, do you love God? How much do you love God? John's still working on this report. You will know how much you love God last last year. You will know how much you love God last year and all the other years. Go review your giving because you there. You have a report. You have a report card. We all have a report card. On, our, on where our heart is, we would see where our treasure is. And you know what, folks? If you're really honest, you would look at that bottom line and you would say, God has given me more than this. Some of you already know that. Because out of the 12 months, I don't know, I, I'll say it out of the 12 months, you gave four months. You took a break. COVID-19 happened. <laughs> we all all quarantined. Even our giving was quarantined. Grace is harder than the law because grace is the work of God. Law is difficult for us to follow, but to a degree like the Pharisees, they were able to follow the law, but yet their heart was in the wrong. Do we agree? If you read it, the Pharisees, They followed the law to the T. Even Paul tells you how his life was. He was the Hebrews of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day. And he followed the law down to the T. He was somebody, if anybody deserves salvation but for works, it was Paul. But not, but not if God can help it. But giving where our heart is, that is where that matters, folks. I would love to get to chapter 3 tonight, but I want to be nice because last week I went over my time. But this is the last verse for us tonight. This is the one thing. This is the message. The heart of the matter is God is after our hearts. Our God loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. You and I, those who have made that decision, as John read it in his his devotion today by John MacArthur, we were chosen by God through the doctrine of election. Folks, if we are all going to be honest, our problem will not be against Esau not being chosen, but our problem should be that Jacob was chosen because Jacob is the cheater. Jacob was a deceiver, but despite Jacob's imperfections God chose him Why that when we say when we cry out election is unfair. We should say election is unfair. I should have not been chosen But that God that God that died the death that we were supposed to die That God that lived the life we were supposed to live is telling us that he wants our hearts. Why? Why does he want our hearts? It's mind-boggling to me. It's always an amazing thing for me, folks. Why does he constantly want me and all of me? And you know what, folks? Down to my pocket. Down to my pocket. Why? Lord, I'm already serving you. Can I be exempted in that? Is there a verse here that the pastor should not give anymore? It's like looking for a tax loophole. Like, woman's well, not going to pay taxes. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to the Lord's the Lord's. Right? It's tax season too, right? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, God said, and to the Lord's the Lord's. But before that, he said, whose inscription is on the denarius? And they said, Caesar. So the question to us Christians is, whose inscription is on you? Now, if you say it's Jesus, then you should be given to Jesus, including, including our money. Now, in closing, somebody say, praise God. (laughs) Hebrews 4.13 says, he knows about Everyone, everywhere, everything about us is bare and wide open to all-seeing eyes, to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him to whom we must explain all that we have done. Some of us, we do not share to this truth. Some of us, we're good at pretending. You know, when we pray here, I say, Lord, we know that you're in our midst. Even before our business meeting, we say, Lord, we know that you're in our midst. Because you say that if two or three are gathered in your name, you're in our midst, right? So imagine during our business meeting, Jesus walks in and sits here. And then the topic is giving. Will some of you pretend the way you've been pretending? Or some of you will, have, will feel the rebuke that we have not been 100% with Him based on our pockets. We, we're good to profess, I love God. We even got the tattoo, I love Jesus. But then when it comes to money, we're funny, You know, when when there's, when there's something, Pastor Doug said this, when there's a problem in the giving, sin is brewing. Folks, the last thing I want is that we will become a lukewarm church. The last thing I want is that I won't be delivering to you the truth. You know, the personal relationship part is this. My personal relationship with the Lord is I read this, I obey, I deliver. Whether you like it or not. Your personal relationship is you do whatever with that. Because at this point, you are now on the charge of the truth of the Lord. Believer, God knows everything. God sees everything. The way we live our lives, the times that we come here late, the times that we don't come here late. We know we have many excuses, we have any reasons. The times that we, we give to the Lord, the times that we don't give to the Lord. If we are really giving to our best ability to give to the Lord or to where not. Or even the purpose of, I want to give so that pastor will know I'm giving. You know, even the intentions behind it, God knows. Right? This is the truth, folks. That is all God's truth. In the Bible, there are 450 verses on faith and over 550 verses on prayer. But listen to this. But there are 2,100 verses on giving. (laughs) I wonder why. And then people say, I give too much message about giving when I give it more than one time at church. But listen to this. One of every 10 verses in the New Testament deals with giving. One out of 10. It talks about giving. It talks about money or possessions. Of the 38 parables Jesus taught, 16 of the 38 deal directly with giving money possessions. Giving money possessions. 2,100 verses out of 38, 16. Giving money possessions. Why is the Lord so emphatic about this? Because Jesus said that wherever a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. That's why it is the heart of the matter. God wants us to depend on on him, not the money. The money becomes an idol, folks, if you don't want to give it anything that comes before obeying God becomes an idol remember same guy Abraham the promised son that he waited for a long time the promised son that God that that God promised him and he waited for a long time God actually asked him to give it back to him he was asked to sacrifice Isaac but even his dearest son He was willing to give because in Abraham's heart, the most important person is God himself. Folks, God's not asking us to give our son to the Lord. Even your spouse. Don't even think about it. Sacrifice your husband. No, No, it's not there. Why is the Lord so emphatic about this? Because Jesus said that wherever a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. He wants us to give to him. Folks, he wants us to give to him, not because he needs our money. Not because he needs our money. So before you message me again and you tell me that you want to give the church a building, start giving first. (laughs) You, You think about buying the church a building. I've heard that. I've heard that more than from one person. But then come to find out there was a problem in the giving. How can you give God a building if you have a problem with the giving? Really, before you give $1,000, God tests you with the $10. Before God gives you $100, God will see, can you give this $100 back to me? Folks, next week, we will read chapter 3. I'm hoping that everybody in this building tonight will be back next week. God bless you. Please join me in the closing prayer. Father, we thank you for your message. Father, it's it's just always bewildering for me to know and to always be reminded that you are after my, my heart, my entire being. That you have chosen me out of the multitude of people and that you have died for me. Father, everything that you have done for me is nothing compared to what you ask from me. Forgive me, Lord God, for the times that I said no, not by my words, but by, by my action. Forgive me, Lord God, when I thought what I had meant more, my money, compared to my relationship with you and your approval and to please you. Forgive me, Lord God. I pray, Father God, for the givers of this church. I pray for blessings to be upon them. They have, Lord God, surrendered their lives to you. I pray, Lord God, that you just bless them tremendously. You said in your word, Lord God, that you will open the floodgates of heaven for them. So, Lord, and you said to test you in this. And, Lord, Father, we are asking. To be true to your word, I pray for blessings for the givers, Lord God. Open doors of opportunity for them. Give them the jobs they've been praying for. Give them the promotions they've been asking for, Lord God. And keep them and their families healthy. Father, bless them and guide them. But I pray for the rest of us, Lord God. I pray that you will just continue to reveal your truth to us. And that our hearts will be moldable. will be humble enough to be molded to your truth and that we will live our lives pleasing, holy and pleasing to you. All this we ask in your Son's mighty name, Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. amen." Thank you folks. If you have any decisions you want to make this evening I'm looking around the room probably not.